This is Unqualified Parenting. If you're looking for tips on parenting, relationships, self-care, or just need someone to relate to, you've come to the right place. We may be unqualified, but our info is anything but. It's a show full of parenting failures, parenting wins, and some amazing guests. I'm Jen, a full-time bio mom and part-time stepmom. And I'm Cody, a dad who recently remarried and has full custody of his daughter. And we're here to bring you our unique perspectives from our two very different blended families. Hey, Cody, how are you? Hi, Jen. I'm doing great. I'm excited because we're doing our first two-part, possibly three-part episode because we have a lot that we want to talk about when it comes to raising adults. We do a lot of discussion on little kids and rules and stuff like that. And I was was at home the other day and I was like, oh man, my daughter's 13. She's going to be 21 soon. It's coming right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. So we need to start raising adults. Yeah. We can't we can't raise kids anymore. When they hit that age, we've got to start thinking about the future a little bit. Yeah. So our first part that we want to do this for episode 68 is the college flight plan. And uh, I'm here with Beth and Greg Langston with the college flight plan. Um, 60% of college students actually change their major at least three times. So that is a lot of time and money spent figuring out what they want to start working toward. Um, And yeah, now that our kids are becoming teenagers, we wanted to talk with Beth and Greg and learn more about how to set them up for success and how to help our own children on their journeys of self-discovery. So, with no further introduction, <laughs> Greg and Beth, how are you? Great. We are so glad to be here, you guys. We're doing well. We were looking forward to this. Yeah, thank, thanks for coming on the show. It's it it. We get so excited when we have guests because it means that like we're gonna learn something instead of just like <laughs> instead of teaching babble on. We're actually gonna like get some knowledge. Um. So why don't you give us kind of a brief overview of what College Flight Plan is and how you came up with it? Well, in a nutshell, we help students figure out what their strengths and weaknesses are, what they're passionate about and naturally gifted to do so that they can choose a major that allows them to graduate in four years and have a fulfilling career. Or in some cases, they determine, you know what, college is not right for me. And so we help them to do that. How, how do they determine if college isn't right for them? Because I know a lot of parents are, oh, my kid has to go to college, and that's the plan is to go to college. Well, in our generation, we were told constantly, yeah, college, career, and a lot of us went into college and just came out with debt and no direction. Yeah, and ended up doing something else. <laughs> It's so true. And you know, the stats on that, you were saying, you were mentioning some in your intro, 40% of college graduates graduate in four years. The other 60% graduate in six years. It takes them six years because they change their major six, three times, an average of three times. And many of them drop out after two years because they don't, they didn't know what they wanted to do. They weren't, they found that college was not a good fit for them. So then they grad, they drop out with two years of debt under their belt and they have to find a job and another, you know, another um, employment that will uh, satisfy their desires. And then, so they're already starting out, you know, with a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and, uh, and not being able to pay their rent. And there are people that say, well, it'll get pardoned. But the fact is it's not going to get pardoned. And, you know, to that effect, there's $1.7 trillion worth of debt out there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, and and a lot of them carry that debt just forever. It's with with debt and the interest rates not being able to, you know, discharge that debt in any way, a lot of people are just burdened by that and that affects their earning potential like for the rest of their lives almost. Absolutely. And so that's why we advocate for students and parents of students to start figuring this out earlier. They're not going to get the help from the college uh, counselors that are in high school because there are in the United States today, on average, there are 424 students for every college counselor. And in California, where we live, there are 900 students for every college counselor. So if you think you're going to get that guidance, from a counselor, they could be superman or superwoman. They they just they don't have the time to do that, and so that's why we urge parents to help their students figure that out earlier. Yeah, you well, have to be really proactive in this as a family. I I don't think I remember a time in high school sitting down with the college counselor. Yeah, right, and, and it still happens now. And that's I have crazy. a student this week where they're already turning in all their applications. But she wanted, she had to fill out something in her application that about her awards that she had won. So she went to her counselor and he said, I'm sorry, I don't have time to do that. I can't find those for you. So one thing I recommend for parents is to keep track of everything that your child uh, is awarded, has done that's extraordinary or any activities he or she is in from freshman year, the summer before freshman year, those are the things that count on your application. Many times you think you're gonna remember that, just like you think you're gonna remember when your child lost their first tooth, but we forget. Yeah. <laughs> and if we don't write it down or record it somewhere, now on our phones, we can take notes. So that's a good place to put all those records so that when it's time to fill out those applications, you have them and you're not depending on the college counselor to do it, to find it for you. That's great advice. That's absolutely great advice. Because when my daughter started at this new school, we made like a big push on like clubs, activities, sports. Like not only one, do they look good, but you're going to make friends, you're going to learn stuff. Mm -hmm. So what, what activities or clubs or whatever would you rank as more important as far as like getting kids into it? Or does it not matter as long as they're active and part of the community? Yes. Well, getting involved is key. And uh, there are three things that admissions officers look for. The three key things, they look for a lot of things, but the three most important qualities, of course, are the academic success of the student, the extracurricular accomplishments, and their self-awareness and a plan for the future. And under those extracurricular accomplishments, they love to see in-depth community projects, in-depth commitment to a cause, um, not necessarily a smattering of tons of activities because they colleges are not necessarily looking for well-rounded students. They're looking for a well-rounded student body so that they can fit these students into different slots that they need filled in, in whatever they're looking for. Does that make sense? That makes yeah. a lot of sense. How yeah. do you help kind of guide a kid because I know my 12 year old like she she wants to bake like that's what she wants to do maybe oh. own a bakery when she grows up which is awesome um do you then encourage that and kind of focus on that or do you oh, kind of say definitely. let's try other things well you know that's the thing as parents I feel it's our job to find out what our kids love to do and give them every opportunity to explore that you know, like the entrepreneurial spirit, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had one client who during the pandemic 
uh, said, what can I do? And so he and his friends went around the neighborhood and got food that uh, for their, their fellow students who wouldn't have been able to eat otherwise, you know, oh, they weren't great. getting their breakfasts and their lunches and so on. And so they started collecting that inf that um, that food, and they actually created a website and took that to the school and to the to the location where they um, yeah to the facility that would distribute them. That's right. That's and huge. so you know that really resonates with an admissions officer more so than just checking the boxes on thirty you know thirty four yeah. different things that you think is going to go is going to look good on your application, but it doesn't show the in-depth commitment that Beth was mm -hmm. mentioning. And they also will ask about leadership positions in your activities, in, in your application. And those things, you don't have to be like captain or president or anything because servant leadership is so important. And I speak to that a lot when we're reviewing my kids or my students activities and how they're mentioning them and how they word what they do and what they've learned from each activity. They're just, you know, so many opportunities and starting early, like you're doing Jen with your daughter with, if she loves to bake, Oh, there's so many possibilities with that, even creating her own little company now. And you know, that goes on her resume or, donating food if they allow that. I know there are a lot of restrictions on food donations and even bringing it into school. You know, you're not allowed to do that anymore, it seems. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, bake sales have turned into, Go ahead. bake sales have turned into buy sales. I feel like you can't yeah. make anything. You can't bring it. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> but if you were to take, if you were to take your daughter to, you know, figure out what are the top three cupcake locations in your city and say, hey, listen, you don't have to pay me. I just want to shadow you. And would you let me work for, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I just want to be in the environment to learn. Would you allow me to do that? Because that is so important because they might find, she might find, oh, I don't like that. Our son is a great example of this. He thought his whole life that he wanted to be in the medical field, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so when he was, and then as he got older, he's like, I think I want to be a surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> so he got to go to work with a cardiovascular surgeon and a neurosurgeon. And awesome. after his four weeks being in the operating room and everything, he came out and said, uh-uh, sorry, this is not for me. And he went into the financial world. That's what he does today. So go figure. That was never on his list of to-dos. So he saved a decade of his yeah, life. Seriously, and yeah. And countless so much thousands money. of dollars for us and for him. Yeah. That's by awesome. having done that. I would have never thought to just ask someone, hey, can I shadow you? But that makes total sense. And actually, now that you mention it, because I was thinking about be doing something in law and one of my college classes, you like for an extra credit, you had to shadow a police officer. So mm -hmm. I like did a ride along with a cop and like that kind of made me realize that I don't know if I want to be a cop because <laughs> this is kind of scary and also like. It's just like so much adrenaline, like the whole time. So right. that really helped switch my gears to something else. So that's good for you. What a great opportunity. I love that. But and, yeah. and people are willing, they are willing to give these kids a chance in their whatever uh, career environment they're in. They love it that, that they might be interested in the first place, but it just takes speaking up and asking, be bold. That's true. And that's, that's, that's something that is really hard for kids to do nowadays because everything's virtual, everything's online. 
And so, mm-hmm. yeah, they might need a little little nudge to get there. But so we've got them through like junior high. We're in high school. We've got our activities, our leadership positions that we've done. Um, now, Academics. Yeah, Don't now, forget. That's what gives you permission to play, right? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And, and a lot of kids are saying, all right, the SAT and ACT is all, you know, is uh, is optional. Um, that is a misnomer because the school still has to make a determination if you're a good fit for their school. And one of the easiest ways for them to determine that is, are your test scores. If for whatever reason you don't take the tests, they will then look at your academic rigor to see what kind of classes you're taking to see if you would be good in, in biology. How did you do in your biology school, you know, scores and, and your grades? And if it's not a really rigorous, then they're going to say, well, you know what? You're not a good fit for us. And you want to start out with that quality curriculum and a good GPA starting freshman year of high school, because if you falter freshman year, first semester, you're going to spend the next three and a half years trying to get that GPA back. Same thing in college. When you get there, it's a new environment. You know, oh, you have all this free time now because you only have two classes a day. And then so you think you don't have to study. Your GPA fails. And then you spend the next three years trying to bring it all back up. So that's that's key. That gives you that gets your foot in the door for college if you have a good GPA. So, so we're there, we've got our GPA, we've got our extracurriculars. Um, what is it, what is it like, or what can, I guess, parents expect to face when doing the application process? That is, um, (laughs) that is a challenge. It depends. Each student is different. And if you've never been through it before as a family, it's daunting and you think you can wait till senior year when they're giving you instructions on how to fill out your application, but you can't. We start writing essays junior year. But. Yeah. Both of you should go see your families and friends with uh, with seniors. They're all running around with a hair on fire, <laughs> the, the parents and the children. And so yeah. what we see- There's a lot of stress. That there's a tremendous amount of stress. Yeah. And one of the reasons is the kids have no clue. Yeah. They're spending so much time on social media and they're being influenced by their friends and the influences that they see. They're spending less time outside than somebody who's in jail, um, you know, it's ridiculous how much time is being spent and they're not controlling it. And so that's why we advocate to do the self-discovery to figure out what am I interested in? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do I dislike? What are my values? Yeah, what are my values? So that they can make some determinations to say, this is important to me and this is where I'll spend my time, but do I need to be on three sports? (laughs) You know, I, I don't need to be on three sports. In fact, I hate I hate band or um, or I love band, whatever the case may be. Is it going to help you when you go into college or quite frankly, in some cases, and you were quite right, Cody, when you said, you know, when we were when we had parents or our parents would say, you know, it's you're going to college full stop. (laughs) There are a lot of families, particularly with other cultures where they've just come to this country and education. We have one client right now where it's so focused on you're going to go to college, you know, don't even think about an option. The fact is, if a student can determine what his strengths or weaknesses or hers are and figure out that, listen, I would suck at being a college student, but I'd be a fantastic pipe fitter or I'd be fantastic in construction or I could do something else. I could be a welder. Those are really high paying jobs and you can save, you know, $100,000 in 
improperly used tuition by going directly into that um that trade or that other course of action or you may decide as a student that after you've gone through self-discovery um assessments and things that you you may not want to be that doctor but you might want to be a, a lawyer or a teacher or something so you'll know what your gifts are if you can find them and the the uh, admissions officers as we were saying the third thing that they look for third most important thing is that self-awareness of kids that know where they're going that can who they are where they're going what their plans are what their goals what they want to study and a lot of students i get a lot of students who haven't been through any self-discovery and they don't have a clue when they're filling out their applications they don't even know well i think i'll just put this because then i can get into this school if i say i want to major in business or whatever when really they're not interested in it at all i'll give you both a statistic that just blows my mind Mm. 87 percent of people 16 to 29 say they have no purpose or meaning. That's 87%, <laughs> which is telling you exactly why they're changing majors three times or they're going to college, they're dropping out and they're coming back and living with their parents. You know, that is why you need to help your students really figure out what it is that they wanna do, what, what they're passionate about. Even if they're in a freshman year and they're not sure what they wanna study, if there is a local college or university in your city or town, go visit it and figure out a reason to go speak to a college admissions advisor and say, look, I'm interested in coming to this college. Why should I come to this college? First of all, they'll welcome you. Mm-hmm. Two, it'll be good practice and you'll be able to see what the campus life is yeah. or, or not. And so I mentioned earlier that in some cases, college is not the right choice. When I was in high school, and in fact, my, my parents said, hey, you want to uh, want a construction job? So I said, sure, let me have a construction job. I want to try that. I very quickly found out that I didn't want a construction job because <laughs> I don't have any, you know, I don't have any skills. <laughs> well, wow, she just came that. right out with that one, didn't she? Right under the bus. That is, In that, that area. He that, has other skills. I do. <laughs> At least, you know, she said that it was with a plural. It wasn't just a singular skill. It encompassed so it was, everything. It was all the skills. <laughs> that, that, that's good. But the thing is, I found out that you know what, I can't handcraft something, but I can visualize it with my brain and I can do things, um, you know, and lead people to go do that effectively. So I found out that, you know, college was the right thing for me. So it's each individual student gets to figure out what they should do and it shouldn't be their parent telling them what to do. They've got to, you know, although that happens many times, oh, I'm sure they need to figure out what they want to do. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's let's pick on Beth for a little bit. Um, it says do. it says here you're an expert essay writer. Now, how important is that application essay to the overall application process? Well, it, it's even more important now. You know, back in the day when we went to school, we didn't have to write essays. But you know, it started about twenty years ago. I'd say that's when we started doing this anyway, and. The essay is so important now, especially if we aren't doing the standardized tests, because um, we it gives them something, some way to get to know you, another means of judging you. I hate to say that they're judging <laughs> each student, but they are. But did you know, here's something, an admissions officer at a college only has eight to 12 minutes per application to put that student in their yay or nay pile. And then once they're in the yes pile, 
they still have to go defend them in front of a committee. So writing that essay and especially starting out strong in your essay, because I really believe I, they may not have time to read your whole essay, well, but if you can catch them with something wonderful in the beginning, mm -hmm. then that could help them decide. Yeah. And, as you're, as you're yeah. saying this, I'm imagining basically myself in that position doing a half-assed job and grabbing the students I know are going to be an easy win. And those are yeah. going to be the students with a great essay. Yes. Yeah. And the good GPA to get you in the door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure now. But you can have somebody with a great GPA uh, mm -hmm. and does everything like the, in, the East Indian. Oh my gosh, this sweet one. gal, East Indian gal, you know, so capable, so wonderful. She was from Minnesota and she was very, very independent though. Didn't want any help on anything. So she was getting rejection letters. She she was a great student. She had great grades. She had excellent community service and uh, had started her own little company and her uh, website. And her, her essay, by the time they got to me, they she was getting rejection letters or oh. waitlist letters from these colleges that she was totally capable of getting into. And when you get on a waitlist, it's not the end of the world but you do have to write another essay that says, what have you been doing since yes. you first applied to our university? So she came to me, her mom found out about me and they, she came to me with, to help her with that essay. And I said, well, can you just show me your original personal statement, which is 650 words that you have to submit with your application. Show me what that was. So she sent it to me. And in her first paragraph, there were, uh, grammatical errors. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm sure whoever was reading it, that person, you know, a lot of people just not accept you right away when yeah. they see that. You, you and she should have gotten yeah. help. We really recommend getting other eyes on your essay. If it's not my eyes, get somebody else's. Not too many because you want to have it in your voice and your writing. Not your parents. Not your parents' <laughs> voice. They can spot it when the parent or somebody else wrote it. So we keep it all in your voice and uh, and we just try to catch them. They wanna know you, they wanna know who this kid is. What makes you tick? You know, what What have you done in your life? What mistakes have you made? You know, we just bring it all out there. They don't want victim mentality though. We try to stay away from that. We are victors, not victims. Right. And so, you know, but everybody has a story to tell. Yeah. Another point is if they say 650 word essay, Yeah. if you write, 651 words <laughs> it gets cut off it gets cut off yeah you wow. have to and those are and because the, they really want to make sure that you answer the question yes the prompts you know these essay writers they take great care in writing their essay questions what prompt they're going to use and many times they're just seeing if the student can follow directions stay on topic and answer their questions so when you cut and paste from your essay from one school to the next, you, you don't it. want to put BYU yeah. in your application <laughs> when you're trying to go <laughs> for to any Ohio reason. State. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Um, let's say I'm trying to think of like my daughter's not the most motivated student, I would say. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast where I've kind of been a uh micromanager when it comes to her school to try to get her to do her thing she is probably the epitome of the unmotivated student how do i motivate her i mean if college isn't how do i motivate her to like just kind of start thinking about that stuff 
Or well, what are her what are her interests? Man, she's she is she is her dad's daughter. We both have ADD and our interests very wildly from like one day to the next. <laughs> we'll be we'll be baking. We'll be putting a radiator in a car. We'll be building a bed. We'll be playing video. Like she's all over the place, a lot like I am. So awesome. so no real direction. <laughs> but well, she sounds like she has lots of interests then, right? So yeah. lots of possibilities there. And just getting involved. I mean, what we found with our students, sometimes when they come to us, they are not motivated. They don't know what they want to do and spend a lot of time on their phones and social media, right? And then they get to us. And once they've been through this, our program anyway, they uh, they are transformed. They begin, after the first, we give them a 360 assessment where eight of their trusted contributors, trusted people, give them a feedback in a survey that they take about the student. So confidential survey. So they don't know who said what, what. but sometimes they can guess. Oh, that was my mom, (laughs) 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 but they get like 200 data points of information. So they're so, so excited to see that, oh yeah, they think I'm good at that too, or that is my strength. And and they think I'd be a good, whatever teacher or whatever, you know, they, the feedback is wonderful. So they slowly transform. So for your daughter, if she can have opportunities to get feedback about herself and learn more about what she does well, what she's excited about, then she will start to see a transformation because she'll get more clarity in her strengths and weaknesses and her purpose and you know, what her she values. wants to study and her values. And she'll have a little confidence, more confidence, because she's starting to understand who she is and she can speak about it well, which they we need to do. Kids just haven't had these opportunities. And she'll feel a little bit more control over her future because she'll know That's what she point. wants to do and what she is good. It'll start giving her that forward thinking procedure. Yeah, I know you know some adults that still don't know what they want to do. <laughs> Well, the reason we developed this was because, you know, we lived overseas. By the time our kids were 13, they'd been to 12 different schools in five different countries. Oh, my. And so, you know, they learned all this stuff about language and appreciation of cultures and and so on. And Beth, as, as an educator, she was very involved from a homeschooling position perspective. And whether we were in Australia or in Mexico, um, she really got involved with this. And so when we returned back to the United States at the end of middle school, and we were saying, hey, we've got to be thinking about this college application process. You know, she's she's working with the kids. I was an international business executive. You know, I've run businesses over a billion dollars all over the world, 65 countries. And they were investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in training me to be a better me. Yeah. And in terms of figuring out what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were, what my values were. And each time I come back from these programs, I'd say to Beth, you know, why aren't we teaching this to our kids? Why did I have to wait 20 years after high school to figure this stuff out? (laughs) And so then that led to workshops. Yeah. We started workshops with our kids. We developed tools and use them on our kids and they survived. (laughs) And uh, so we did workshops uh, and then workshops with their friends and then kids in the community. And we were just seeing great success. And then, so with COVID, we've, Put it all online now. We used to do more workshops, and now we're hoping to get it to more people. You know, we so, don't know why the high schools don't already have something like this in their schools. Uh, yeah. So, where can people find this? Well, if they go to collegeflightplan.com, 
they'll be able to find us. And if you want to speak to Beth directly, yes. Beth at collegeflightplan.com or Greg at collegeflightplan.com. And uh, on that site, you can see all the information that we have and basically take a student through a 12 hour process that's done in two and a half minute increments because you know, young people, in fact, their parents as well, have the attention span of a Titsi fly. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, two, more than two and a half minutes is too long. Yeah. And so, you know, Beth said, listen, Greg, if you want to do this, you got to do it in two and a half minute increments. And so the students, it's all mobile friendly. It takes 12 hours, but not in one sitting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> process. And, you know, the first reaction that kids typically have is, oh, mom and dad, you're yeah. giving me something else to freaking do. I mean, can't you see that I'm already overbooked and I can't do what I'm doing? But once, as Beth said, they start to see that this is all about them. Yeah. And it's in small little increments and they can do it on their phone. They can do it on their tablet. They can do it while they're ride, riding home on a bus, whatever the case may be. And they start to see, hey, you know what? This is all about me. And rather than focus on, think about how we all grew up you got a, a test back or a score back and you got a piece of paper and there was a red circle around all the things that what you did wrong. Yep. Mm -hmm. Red X or a red X. Yeah. Um, or, or they tore it in half. I don't know. I never got one. <laughs> but uh, in this case, what we do is we actually help the student to see, Hey, this is all what you do really well. And it gives them a sense of confidence. And then they take some assessments as part of this process to see how they naturally problem solve which allows them to then say, okay, these are my distinct natural abilities. And kids today are very insecure. They're focused on perfection and their, you know, their Facebook or their, you know, whatever their social media stream is. And we provide them with the ability to know a paragraph and describe a paragraph of what they do really well so that when they're volunteering for something in school or if they're working or on a sport, that they know that they're gonna be successful in that, in that task. That's awesome. What what age would you recommend, like if like looking into the college flight plan and starting this process? Uh, freshman sophomore years, right. I think, are great. We yeah. do we still do some seniors. We have a truncated version of it that a lot of them take just to get the basics. But uh, the longer version, yes, even junior year is great because you want to do it before you start writing those college essays because you speak to this who you are in those essays and it shows it shows if you've explored who are you one of the interesting things is that you pick an account the student picks an accountability partner yeah who will help them go through the process and the reason we did that is if you just write something down that you're going to lose five pounds or what have you the likelihood of doing that is less than 10 percent. right if you share that with your friends and family you know you're kind of um you know, you, you must go through that process, otherwise you're gonna get shamed. And so it goes up to 65%. And if you actually have an accountability partner, the probability of success is actually 95%. So the student wow. picks an accountability partner and helps them through that process, which is important. That's awesome. That sounds great. Well, we appreciate all the info. I learned lots of things. And I really like <laughs> Beth's quote, we are victors, not victims. I'm going to yes. use that the next time my three-year-old's whining about something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've got, I don't I've know. Got, I think young mothers might be victims. <laughs> well, if I can give That's you true. one last story that yeah. you had with our son, 
and then I'll tell you a little bit of a, a, a document that we have for your for your listeners. Awesome. But you're you're disarming comment to Brad. Oh, yeah. When, when he was 16 or he 17. He was 16 and we'd get into it. We used to love to debate each other. And <laughs> and I say, Brad, I have never been the mother of a 16-year-old boy. But I want you to know, I take my job seriously. And I won't do it perfectly, but I take it seriously. And I can't pick my son. God gave you to me. You can't pick your mother. <laughs> I was given to you. But I take this job seriously and I love you. And he'd always say, oh, mom, stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't have anything to say uh, back to that. But um, listen, yeah, you for can't your, argue. <laughs> for your listeners, we have a, a really valuable gift or a gift. It's a guide called the Parent Starter Kit um, that will help your students um, really figure out your parents, figure out what they can do, what statistics, some of them that we shared, five early actions they can take for college success, some free assessments and so forth where you can get scholarship money and they can get that by going to collegeflightplan.com slash guide. Awesome. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure all of this info is in the show notes on whatever app you're using to listen to us. Um, and yeah, we thank you guys for coming on and um, you know, we might have to have you on down the road as we get a little bit closer to to the yeah. college years yeah please we we'd are, be happy to we do that to help we love what we do and we just love if you have any questions just email us we are we are here great well thanks again and uh okay. yeah we appreciate thank it. you guys for having us yeah thank you cody thank you jen thank you well that was a great interview yeah and i've got literally a list of stuff that uh that, yeah that I we're filled gonna up have to, a whole page we're gonna have to notebook. keep track of um hi jen hi how was your thanksgiving uh i couldn't eat anything except corn and pumpkin pie so just like the pilgrims that's right <laughs> that's all they have uh my parasomia is going stronger than ever lately and i don't know why because i've been relaxing i've been doing stuff that makes me happy like i've been writing again yeah and I don't know what's going on, but my brain is broken and everything tasted and smelled like rotten asshole. So same here. How was your Thanksgiving? It was the same. It was the exact same. I drank all day. <laughs> That's good. So there was that. Um, it was good. So I don't know. Family ate good food. I could taste it all. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then, then that was it. We just kind of been working around the house. And the time off. That's nice. been great. I asked my three-year-old what she was thankful for. Oh, yeah? Because I said, you can say, like, family. Like, I'm thankful for you and your sister and your dad. And I'm thankful that it's been really nice weather. We actually have a fall in Utah, which mm -hmm. is amazing. And I'm thankful that we get to spend time with daddy's family and my family. And she thought about it for, like, quite a bit and then she said i'm thankful for car washes <laughs> and i said what and she said can we please go get a car wash please how dirty is your car it's not <laughs> dirty and she just loves going through them i should probably post this picture but we're like fine you can go through a car wash because you asked so nicely and the car was kind of dirty is she anyway like, going like a lsd trip as she goes into those things yeah like <laughs> It's like going to Disneyland. <laughs> she, <laughs> She's she like my dog. Her mind. And then um, 
I have a picture because she gets kind of scared and she likes being scared. So I think that's why she likes it so much. <laughs> that's one of the pictures I have. She looks absolutely terrified. And then when we left the car wash, usually if it's me taking her, but she's on a daddy kick lately, usually if it's me, she says, do it again. And I say, I don't have an extra $9 yeah, to wash my clean that's 20 car. Bucks, kid. Yeah. I really want to go again, do it again. And I say no, and then she gets upset. So we leave the car wash, and she says, thank you for taking me, Daddy. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was so annoyed, because I've taken her randomly to so many. That right there, that's that's low-key. That's that's low-key shade right there. Yeah, it is. Like It's like on Parks and Rec. Have you ever seen the episode where like Ron just calls people by the wrong name because he doesn't want them to think that they <laughs> the, like him? Friends, yeah. That's her. She's like, thanks, Dad. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had something I wanted to read cause this is kind of what gave me the idea of doing the like raising adults thing. Yeah. This is a letter that a teenager wrote to the times, I think over in England. And I had my daughter read it and I just asked her, I said, is this, is this how your generation feels? And she said, exactly. And I thought it was kind of eye opening. So, um, written by, uh, Jenny Hurd in Kilmarnock East Ayrshire. Blimey. Anyways, she says, Sir, I'm getting increasingly annoyed at the barrage of articles about teenagers and the adults who keep trying to explain our behavior, moods and meltdowns, what's inside the teenage brain. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) I'm 16 and a straight-A student, like most of my friends. We're not as irrational and immature as adults seem to think. We've grown up with financial crises and accept that most of us will be unemployed. We no longer flinch at bloody images of war because we've grown up seeing the chaos in the Middle East and everywhere. Most of us are cynical and pessimistic because of the environment we've grown up in, which should be explanation enough for our apparent insolence and disrespect without experts having to write articles on it. Has no one ever seen that we are angry at the world we live in? Angry that we still have to clean up your mess while you hold us in contempt, analyzing our responses? I would like adults to treat us not as strange creatures from another world, but as human beings. Stop teaching adults how to behave around us and instead teach them how to respect us. Ooh, nice. I had my daughter read it and she goes, yep, that's exactly what it that's is. Awesome. And I was like, well, for that to happen, for that respect to happen, we have to raise the adults mm-hmm. to respect the next generation. Yeah. And to do that, we have to like raise adults. We have to get them career minded responsibility. We have to like craft these adults And at some point we go from raising kids to raising adults. Yeah. And really like taking them down this self-discovery path, like Greg and Beth were talking about, like that is very respectful because it's saying, let's see what you want to do. Let's see what you're good at. Let's see what you like. And it rather than you're going to be a doctor because I'm a doctor, you're going to be a doctor. Or like Aubrey, she'll be like, I want to be a teacher and I have to go, okay, teachers don't make money in the U.S. They don't. They make almost nothing. But if you went and got a master's degree and maybe did something else besides like teaching elementary school, you'd make more. And then it was. Well, what if she's happy just teaching elementary school and not making much? Well, we also have to raise them with financial accountability, which I think might be our next episode. Yes, it will. Spoiler alert. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we have to kind of raise them with that in mind. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's, it's a tough balance because, yeah, you do want them to be like, like, no, hey, if you be a doctor, it is going to be several years yeah. of school. Well, and Aubrey was once like, OK, fine, I'll be an actor. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> never mind. People, <laughs> people don't just get to be an actor. I was like, you have to work hard and you have to have like talent. And I was like, you can go down that path, but I need you to have a backup that mm-hmm. you take at the exact same time, because when you're not acting, you're going to need something to keep the lights on. And that's about all we've talked about with, with school. She knows college is paid for, so she doesn't, but she still has to get in and she still has to figure out what the hell she's doing. Yeah. But yes. I have a story for you. What? I have a true crime. Ah, that, that was not it. Let's try again. Is it this one? As you look at your cheat sheet, that's, is your cheat sheet wrong? I don't think I have it on here anymore. Aww. Anyways, I kind, of, I kind of alluded to this in our last episode, but I didn't want to talk about it because it hadn't been solved. And I've decided that instead of coming to the podcast with problems that haven't been solved and then coming back and saying, Newsflash, I'm an asshole. I did it all wrong. <laughs> but we love those. <laughs> no. I'm just trying to do it right from the start. You're learning. No, it only I took just, three years. The amount of emails I've gotten from people that just say, yeah, man, you're kind of a dumbass. is <laughs> getting absurd, okay? I've had to change my emails six times. Um, we had an instance where we found some inappropriate pictures on Aubrey's phone that she had sent to friends. Now, when I say inappropriate, I'm talking in the most vanilla way possible. What happened is she was hanging out with her friend Asia that lives across the street, and they were doing TikTok videos, and they were working on them all day. Aubrey comes home, and Mikhail goes, I want to see your TikTok video. You guys worked on it all day. And Aubrey's like, I don't know where it is. (laughs) It's on your phone, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I don't know where it is. Well, bring me your phone. And as Aubrey's like walking back with her phone, you can see that panic in her eye where she's like, fuck, I got to delete some shit, right? Mm-hmm. Mikel gets the phone and happens to look at text message. And in her group chat with her friends, her friends asked for a contact picture that they can make as their contact on mm-hmm. their phone. And Aubrey responded with a picture of her in a bra. <laughs> That's a great contact picture. Right. So... I didn't oh, see man. the picture. Mikkel was nice enough not to, you know, make it weird or awkward or whatever. But trying to get out of Aubrey that, like, I know you know this isn't okay. So asking her, why did you send that picture? I thought I looked cute. If you think you looked cute, why didn't you send it to me or your mom? I don't know. If it's cute, maybe we should post it on Instagram or send <laughs> it to your grandparents. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Why? But it's cute. I don't know. <laughs> you know you're not supposed to take pictures like that. Mm-hmm. You know that. Well, I just thought it looked cute. And so I said, okay, since you're not understanding the importance of what's happening here, I need all of your electronic devices. Collected all the electronic devices. And through my several jobs I've had here in Utah, at three of them, I've had the opportunity to work with Operation Underground Railroad. We worked with them at the truck shop we worked at. Um, and I That's worked. who my Amazon smile goes to. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing organization. It's based out of Utah. Um, I worked at them at my current job, you know, doing 
DNA cycling and designing all these kits because they sponsor a lot of high school teams. Basically. Um, or are you going to explain what they yeah, were? If oh, you want to okay. explain, go for it. No, go ahead. Basically, it's a, it's a nonprofit group and they go out and they rescue children from the international sex trade. Mm-hmm. And when we say go out and rescue, we're talking like Humvees in the middle of nowhere finding these children and hauling them back to the United States and returning them to their families. Yeah. And it's it's really important and they they drive a lot of awareness about how not to be groomed and end up in these situations. So I told Aubrey, you can have your stuff back when I get a report about what Operation Underground Railroad is. And I need a second report of you telling me why underage kids shouldn't send pictures like that. When that's done, you can have all your stuff back. Because then I know you at least understand the importance of what's going on. Yeah. She took a week and a half. Wow, that's surprising. Was her phone gone? But she did her research. Oh. And I had to like, she didn't define some terms. So like she didn't understand what the child sex trade was. So I was like, you need to go research that, which she had to do on my computer because her computer edits the word sex. So she can't mm. research anything. And I had her research like what the penalties are for sending pictures of a minor. Mm-hmm. And so to make it easier on her, I said, you can do an oral report, but I need you to have an outline and I need you to follow an outline. And so she did a report on Oper- Operation Underground Railroad. She talked about what pedophiles are and how the child sex trade works. She talked about the like legal penalties for even a minor sending a picture of themselves, you know, naked that you can, your whole life can be ruined. Yeah. She talked about the sex offender registry. Like we talked about all this stuff and she came away with it. Like understanding why, I, cause I was really like serious and heated yeah. that night. Cause I was like, you can't do this. This can't happen. And so she took a week and a half and she, wrote a report and she got it all figured out and she understood that like if she sends those pictures she's guilty of distributing yeah and if she receives them she's guilty of possession and she knows now that if anything like that comes across her she's actually always has to come to us right away good so i don't think i messed that one up yeah I that's I a okay. great response because yeah i feel like a lot of kids were they were just told don't send pictures like that they don't yeah. understand the gravity of the situation. Yeah, and and I, I had I, I spoke I can't remember the app. I'd have to look on it on my phone. But there's that app that lets you take pictures of hotel rooms and it uploads to like their repository of pictures and they compare it against pictures of child pornography to figure out where they were taken and it's helped this organization find children all over the world. And I do it every time I stay at a hotel. I take pictures so that it helps. Um, I'll put the I'll put the app in the show notes so people can use it as well. But basically, any Airbnb, hotel, anything, take a picture of the inside. It takes your geolocation. That's it. So they know where it is. But hmm. yeah, so we took a situation that was almost really bad and turned it into a little positive there. That's good. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> 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 Um, I was going to share my shadowing story since it's kind of relevant. Yeah. Um, so I wanted, I I love helping people in high school. Like a couple of my friends would call me their therapist because they'd get on chat and be like, the, I have to vent. The rapist? Yep. Okay. Exactly. Because it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've always loved helping people. 
And then I saw Silence of the Lambs, where she is like a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. and she goes and she's like interviewing and figuring out criminal. And I was like, this is my jam. I need to do whatever (laughs) job Clarice Sterling has. Right, because the movie (laughs) ended so well. (laughs) It went so well for her. Oh my God, she's fine. (laughs) So... Um, I need to go into law and I need to go to psychology. Can't pick both for your major, so I picked psychology, but I was taking law classes too. So uh, one of the classes was actually taught by like an ex-captain and they said, would anyone be interested in a ride along? And I'm like, fuck yeah, we're going to ride along with the cop. That's awesome. So we're like driving and we went up like Jordan Landing and we're driving around and I got us in the passenger seat, which was cool. And he was just talking about his job. And then this guy in front of us randomly pulls over and the cop's like, what the, f- what the hell is he doing? So he pulls over and turns on the light and he's like, wait here. And he, like, he gets out. Over. Yeah. He was a 16 year old <laughs> kid. Like, that, like just really got his license. <laughs> and, he, and he saw a cop behind him. Oh, and it just immediately pulls over. Yeah. And the guy's like, just go <laughs> so anyway um it was like a pretty slow night for like an hour and a half we're just driving around with random stuff like that happening not much going on and then he gets a call and it was so fast and there were so many coats i didn't understand what the hell they said and he's like yes finally something's happening and he switched on his lights and we fucking florida and he like <laughs> down the street like so fast and I was like, whoa, what's happening? Because he looked like so excited. And he's like, Krispy Kreme, fresh batch. <laughs> kid got hit by a car. Autistic kid. And he's like, got hit yes. By a car. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which I don't mean to get anyone in the place. Like, this was a long time ago. Like, no one, like, no like, one's in trouble. I'm not throwing any, no names. Like, I don't want him in trouble. But I mean... Let's but inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate. But we've all kind of been there. I remember road trips as a kid where like you're stuck in traffic and then finally you get to the accident and you're like, fuck yes, yeah. carnage. <laughs> it was worth the wait. So uh kid was okay. It was some like special ed <laughs> kid. I was like, fuck. <laughs> he was kind of dingy. And then there was another call. Dingy. Like kind of out of it, oh. you know. <laughs> And then there was another call where a kid had ran away and it was like low income housing situation where the mom's like, I don't know where the fuck he is, you know, just going off about it. And he happened to be getting home right when we show up and the cop like, like basically cornered him against a wall and was like screaming at this kid about worrying his mom <laughs> and what the hell do you think you're doing running off at 16 years old and i was just like oh my he's God. like you're not my real dad <laughs> yeah. and it was so uncomfortable <laughs> the whole night that it's like this would be <laughs> this would be my life if i like did anything in law enforcement like, uh Peace. I'm just. Yeah, I'm thank gonna, you. Because now I don't want to do this, and my whole <laughs> and major has you're to change. Kind of a dick, and see you later. Yeah. So I ended up going into marketing. So <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah good polar opposite. <laughs> so I was so glad that I shadowed him though, because I would have just got my degree. Like yeah. I would have gone into that. Or you would have been like, hey, I should be a game developer, and you enroll at ITT Tech in game developing, and then they go under. Three weeks later, <laughs> and then a week after that, take out student loans in your name that you're still fighting. Oh. <laughs> Someone could have said, hey, 
you don't want to be a game developer. You just want to play video games. Yeah. I would be like, okay, yeah, I think you're Plus, right. Plus, if you do a job in something you love, you'll never. You don't want to do that you anymore. You don't want to do that thing ever. Yeah. Ever. Guess how much I do graphic design for fun. Never. Guess how much I do graphic design for fun. Never. Never. I even have a really cool art idea in my mind that I want Which, to do. Can we can we break down the myth that you have to be absolutely passionate about what you do for a living? Because I'm looking for a job. And all of these job postings, it's like, we want someone who lives and breathes design. You need to wake up with an erection for topography. Like, they go about all this stuff, and then they're like, pays $12 an hour, and we just need you to proofread receipts. And you're like, what the? But you need 10 years of experience. You don't have to be passionate about what you do. Yeah, you just have to like it. I would even argue that it's probably best if you're not. Because then you kind of... Because then you can go home and you can check out. I mean, if it's your own business, I'm with you there. If you want to open a bake shop, fucking open a bake shop. That's awesome. Because that that becomes more than a job. Yeah, that's that's like, woo, this is what I do. It's my thing. I I was listening to, I think it was CNN. God, I'm old. (laughs) On the radio, in the car. FM? AM? XM. (laughs) Well, at least there's that. (laughs) And no, it was Reddit. It was, it was on Reddit. Wow, you are old. <laughs> you don't even remember a word. But there, there's a subreddit called anti-work. Follow-up question. Did you even did listen? Follow-up? I haven't even finished. <laughs> did you even listen to anything or did you read about it? I probably read it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how my brain is. Like, the information's there. <laughs> I don't know how it got there. I read I, on the TV the other day in my car. This. <laughs> exactly. But... There's a subreddit called anti-work and people post like these like job postings that like make no fucking sense or like interactions with their bosses where their bosses are like, I own you. And they're like, well, I quit. No, what? But (laughs) there's, there's a problem where a lot of business owners expect their employees to have the same passion. And there was a guy on there who like basically ripped this guy new and was like, it's your business. That's your passion, not your employee. I don't know where I was going with that. Are you are you talking about the profit episode with the pizza guy? No. Okay, because no. there was a it was pizza owner on the profit it that it was. I the remember same. that one. Yeah, the outside of his place was like dog shit, and he's and like, "Well, horrible. the employees should no if yeah. you don't care what and then, your like, employees care." Weren't they like two of them his kids, and they like quit during the taping of the profit one episode? Was his ex? I think so. Like, something like that. Yeah, ex girlfriend. Crazy. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. If you love pizza, be a pizza employee. <laughs> don't like open a pizza shop if you don't want to like run employees and like make it look nice and do advertising. You know what I mean? Like this has been extremely deep thoughts with Jen. Pizza corner. If you like pizza, be a pizza man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that wraps it up for our episode. Oh, we didn't do a good, better, best. You want to do a good, good better, better, best? <laughs> good, better, best. Good, better, better, better. Worst. Better best? Yeah, I read that on the TV. What's your worst? Um, probably dealing with Aubrey and her picture thing. Just the panic that sets into your mind when you realize, fuck, we're here. I do wonder what did she delete before you got that phone? Yeah, we're here. Yep. Which at the same point, now that I know that she's taken pictures like that, I will never go into her phone. You don't want to see. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Ah, uh, the trauma. Right? 
or her finding out I did and I did see him. Yeah. Nope. So her phone is now officially 100% off limits. All right. So your better is? My better is she's fallen behind in school, but she's been really proactive in catching up. Good. Which is good. It means that she's learned from the last term that it's just a little work. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then my what's next? Guys, I need a new job. If you know anyone hiring for graphic design or awesome voiceover talent. I'm willing to relocate anywhere in the world. No, he's not because he needs to be my co-host. You can email Cody at hello at unqualifiedparenting.com subject line. Get a job. What's your best next and tomorrow? My worst is that I've had this parasomia thing for... Too long. five months now. Um, It's been longer than that. Might be. When did you get COVID? January. But I had anosmia first and then parasomia. So, I mean... But March? this whole thing... Six months? Seven th- months? Um... I mean, all together. It's I been mean, since January. I feel like you've been complaining about this for a decade. Every day, just nonstop. Um, so my worst is that my, I noticed my alcohol tolerance has gone up a lot. Like I used to drink three White Claws and I'd be like, <laughs> see you tomorrow. And now I drink three and I barely feel anything. Mikkel bought me a thing of whiskey for Thanksgiving. Nice. And yeah. I don't like alcohol because I drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the way it feels. Oh, like I the, love how it feels. No, next day. I'm old. I have a I shot of whiskey. I've got a fucking headache the next day. Oh, that sucks. No, I really don't. You got to drink more bad. water. I, I don't get hungover. Well, tell her to drink more water. Okay. All drink, right. Drink more water. So my worst is that uh, I feel like I'm, I did take a self-assessment because I'm a nerd and I have to research everything and I am like borderline like alcoholism because I drink four times a week and I'm increasing what I drink. And that's how I've been dealing with the food issue because I'm trying to get calories and I'm trying to find something that tastes good. A lot of people get easiest re- calories or drinking calories. That's right. A lot of people get really depressed with this because not only does it affect every single day your pleasure load, but also um, your smells really close to like your memories and not having like mm-hmm. that and the damage in your brain. Like, and we like, don't know what's going on in there. I hate to say it, but the holidays are about smells and eating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my worst is that I've, I have to find something else because I don't want to be an alcoholic. But my better is that I've noticed before I was like drinking seven days a week or instead of saying, well, I just need to drink more. Like, I don't want to have to drink more. I like being a cheap date. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I've heard, I've heard heroin is like, I'll try the that next. next. Step. Yeah. It, it helps you. Beer yeah. is the gateway drug to heroin. Did you ever see that Reddit post where a guy like said he was going to go try heroin and everyone's like, don't fucking do it. And he like did it and he was like, man, it was amazing. Then he disappeared and he came back on Reddit like six years later <laughs> and he was like, I was in rehab. I lost my <laughs> wife. I lost my house. I lost my job. Oh my gosh. What and everyone idiot. told him like, you can't quit that yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, don't try it. It's not worth it. He was like, it. I fucking got it in his whole <sighs> life. Anyways, I keep going idiot. on tangents. That's totally fine. What's your next? Um, I'm not, I'm resetting my system because that is a thing. I'm not going to drink till my birthday. 
so yeah, my 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 better is that I'm taking a break for a month. And then my what next is like, I'm probably going to cut down to like maybe three times a week and, or maybe just having one drink instead of having multiple. Um, and it's really only a problem because I thought the parosmia would go away before now. I didn't expect it to, to rely on that as a crutch for this long. I just yeah. thought it was be a temporary crutch, but I have to start looking at it as a permanent crutch. Sucks. It does suck. Yeah sorry that's okay so if you want more information about college flight plan you can see our show notes in the show notes section of your app or just get off your ass and type collegeflightplan.com in forward slash guide yeah for free shit yeah um i think that does it for us yep next episode we'll be talking about financing and raising responsible adults with a finance expert yes money 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 yeah money i don't even want to try it again i think that's uh, the this one is what happens when i don't drink <laughs> can't talk uh well i think that does it for us you have survived another fortnight of parenting Unqualified Parenting is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Jennifer Jones and Cody Reese. With special thanks to our families and listeners for making each episode possible.